Greetings, PVIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Sean and Pastor Billy. So this week, we are going into Matthew chapter 13, verses 33 to 35, which is the parable of the yeast. Pastor Billy, uh, take it away. Thanks, Neil. So in the fourth parable uh, we find in Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the yeast, Jesus transitions from the motif of farming in the first three parables to the arena of baking. Now, the bottom line is that when making bread, yeast changes everything. And in our own spiritual life, the Holy Spirit makes all the difference. The work of the Spirit in our lives is powerful, all-encompassing, and God's grace to us as he makes us more like Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, so I want to talk uh, about, you talked about the purpose of the yeast. You said that the purpose of the yeast is not to destroy the flour, but to change. And it's not to destroy, but basically the yeast being the Holy Spirit, it adds the character to ours, resulting in holiness. Uh, basically, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to not destroy, but to add the character and the holiness. So, Holy Spirit bringing that dramatic change in our lives and that transformation, what then of human accountability? Yeah, that's... It's a great question, and it's a common sort of question, I think, and a good one because it's it, it falls co- sort of into the category of um, the tensions that we've talked about on this podcast before, right, that exist <clears throat> in our walk, in thinking about the kingdom of God, right, in, in Scripture. So, yes, you know, definitely the, the Spirit of God is uh, working in us. Um, and as we think about the sovereignty of God, we, we understand that. We understand that God's in control and He is, um, that, he's, that He's powerful. He's bringing about His will um, so that all makes sense. That the question is, if you believe in His sovereignty, in a real kind of way, there's a danger in sort of um, kind of kicking up your feet and saying, "Well, then, then what do I have to do? I don't need to do anything." So, it's important to then um, look at Scripture and see what Scripture says. And in Scripture, this tension exists that as the Spirit of God works in us, we are also working right and the scripture that i would go to specifically is <clears throat> in paul's letter to the philippians in chapter 2 and in, in verses 12 and 13 paul says to this church he says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling to work out your salvation then he says for it is god who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
So there you see it, that tension just is kind of resting in that verse that, um, yeah, the spirit is doing his work in us. And then at the same time, we are um, striving to, through what I would call grace-fueled effort, right? Striving to um, live in obedience to what Christ has uh, called us to. And, um, you know, when you think about this process that we're kind of talking about here, which is sanctification, it's a progressive sort of thing that each day, and we talked about that process of the kneading and the pressing of the dough, you know, like each day, um, and as we live our walk, we are being conformed into the image and likeness of Christ. And that's happening uh, progressively in, in different kinds of ways, in different aspects of our mind and our thinking, right? Um, and in different aspects of our being. And it's all working towards this ultimate goal of glorification, that when we are in eternity, um, that God will bring about the completion of that process. And I think it's great for us to, one, rest in the confidence that those who trust in Christ, that he will bring about that process to completion. So then we can, with confidence, um, strive to live in obedience in light of that truth and live out that tension that we you know, kind of talked about. So I have a question on about, you know, following that. Um, so if you, you talked about the process of the sanctification. Um, so if, you know, like if it is, um, if we have the Holy Spirit and it, it's transformed us, but why do we still sin in our lives? It's yeah. like, I know there's the human accountability, but if there's a transformation, right, and we are achieving trying to achieve the glorification but in the process even though we're completely covered and transformed we still sin why is that yeah so you look in scripture scripture talks about if we say that we do not sin or do not have sin then essentially we are we are lying yeah we're liars right Mm. so it's the acknowledgement that while um an amazing thing has been done, right, in regards to our salvation. We live in this broken and fallen world, right? Um, we have an an old nature, right, that's sort of warring mm-hmm. against um, this um, this new nature, and we talk about the Spirit's work in us. So, um, in as much as we we go through these sort of struggles and these challenges uh, with sin, it's <clears throat> it's this idea that acknowledging again that we live in a broken world, right, and we have this old nature and that we sin. But as we are being sanctified, mm-hmm. um, we might observe that we are we might observe that we're sinning in all these different kinds of ways. That may not be because we are sinning more. It could be that we are becoming more acutely aware of the sin that we are dealing with in our lives because of the Spirit's work in us, right? So it's also almost the sense of we become more aware of the depth 
of our brokenness and then we are driven more to see the the wonderful need and power of the cross of Jesus Christ right so, so sometimes right it, it it may seem as though um like hey there's you know there's all this sin but really that's actually a grace to us cuz we're we're able to see the kind of the depth of our our brokenness and we're able to um see our the depth of our need uh for Christ so um yeah, acknowledgement we live in a broken world, but also I think it's important to think about that, that part of the Spirit's work in, in us is to make us kind of aware of that um, as we are being transformed into the image and likeness of Christ. Thank you, Pastor Willie. This week we're going to uh, be introducing something new to the podcast, a new segment mm-hmm. where we periodically from time to time take questions from the youth in our church. Um, This week's question comes from Lily in a segment that we like to call Curious Kids. Hi, my name is Lily. My question is, how come not all prayers get answered? Thanks, Lily, for for that question. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm really excited for uh, this uh, new segment really um, it's a privilege to have the kids that we do that are part of our church that are that are in our Sundays that are in our Sunday school that we're able to engage and you know sort of help <clears throat> disciple and um, teach and uh, really happy that they're um, curious about their faith and um, I think it's a that's a really a good thing so um, so first a uh, great question and I, I think I just want to start with the fact before we get into the question about just the fact that that God does hear our prayers, right? What an amazing thing to to think about. Um, the God of the universe, right? The same God that spun galaxies into the into existence. That when we pray, He turns His ear to us. So in the Bible, in John chapter eleven, <clears throat> we see that Jesus is going to pray, and before He prays, He actually thanks the Father for hearing him that's actually something that i will do time to time when i'm praying that i'll be actually begin with that i will thank god for hearing me so um i think that's a great thing to think about as we think about this question so now to the question how come not all prayers get answered um i think there's a question that um she had wanted to ask but didn't quite ask it so the answer to this question is really all prayers are answered. Uh, they're just answered differently. So they God could answer no. He could answer wait, or he could answer yes. So he could answer no in that, you know, if you'd ask for something or ask about something and that door doesn't open or it doesn't happen, you know, that's, that's a no. Or he, you could ask something and, doesn't happen right away but in time that it does and that would be wait or you pray about something and a door opens or something happens and it happens right away and he um, and the answer is yes so all prayers do get answered I think the question she was getting at is why do uh, why do all prayers not get answered with a yes 
Right. I think that's really where the question is coming. Or why do some uh, prayers get the answer no? Mm-hmm. Um, so to that question, um, you know, I and to any kids who might be listening, I think it's helpful to think about when you ask your parents for something. So whatever it may be, the new it thing that's out there that you want or, you know, to stay up late or whatever it might be. What do they do? Sometimes they say yes. Other times they might say no. Well, with God, it's a bit like that too. You can look at God as sort of the wisest, most loving parent ever. So in the Bible, in in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says that every good and perfect gift is from above. So when God says yes to our prayers, it's like getting a very special gift because God knows it's good for us. But in the Bible, again, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says that God works all things together for good for those who love him. So sometimes God's no is because he sees a bigger picture and has an even better plan. Just like when your parents say no to something because they know what's best for you. And I know that hearing no can be hard, right? That can be a difficult thing. But God's plans are like a giant puzzle, right? We might only see a small piece of it. So trusting God, even when we don't understand, is a bit like trusting your parents. They want what's best for you. God always listens. And even if the answer is no, it's because God loves us has something amazing in store for us um you know i think that's 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 pretty cool thank you pastor billy that was wonderfully said um so going for for this week what are uh, some questions that we can think about so uh, in circling back to uh the uh, the sermon and you know maybe some takeaways here um so in sort of drawing drawing parallels between yeast being sort of this alien thing coming from the outside to flour, right? And the Holy Spirit's entrance into our lives, how does this understanding deepen your appreciation for the transformative work of God in your heart? Uh, secondly is to, you know, reflect on the analogy of yeast and flour needing each other for the intended reaction. So in what ways can you actively cooperate with the Holy Spirit in your life for transformation, right? Consider, you know, some practical steps or or habits. And lastly, uh, as to explore um, a bit the the, the purpose of yeast in changing the flower. How does the Holy Spirit communicate his nature to believers and what changes can you already identify in your life as a result of his work thank you pastor billy uh, some good questions to think about so as we uh, go forward this week let us uh, remember the parable of the yeast as it serves as a powerful reminder of the internal transformative work of the holy spirit within all christians um, as we go Uh, this week and as we see each other next Sunday let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God